Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody. Welcome into another edition of Future Brew right here on mazeandbrew.com. My name is Vaughn Lozon, and joining me today, the dynamic duo of Michigan football and basketball recruiting, John Simmons and Steven Ossentoski. Uh, buckle in, everybody. We're about to dive into some more football recruiting today. John, how are you doing today, my friend? Everything good with you? Yeah, I'm good. Started the new job today, so that was fun getting into the swing of things. Well, congratulations on the new gig, and we're very happy that you're able to continue here with us on the podcast and with Maze and Brew, and we wish you the best with uh, your new position. Steven, how are you doing, my friend? Not as exciting as John. I'm just here working from home, same old, but uh, yeah, got some ice on my uh, ice on my shins, been up in the running re- regimen, so I'm, uh, I'm feeling it today, feeling the fatigue. Man, I I haven't ran in probably three weeks. Uh, my my ankle's been been bumming me out here uh, a little bit, Stephen. So I feel your pain. Not quite the shin splints, but you know we've all been there. So um, I, I'm right there with you in the wounded category. Um, hopefully we can uh, get back into the swing of things with that soon. But nonetheless, uh, today we are going to hone in on all football recruiting. And uh, this segment here, we're going to do a little deep dive into the world of defensive tackle recruiting, uh, which has been um, quite the interesting position for Michigan in this 22 class. Um, yeah, interior defensive line, it, it was a need last cycle. It's still a need this cycle, even though they had a good haul in 21. Uh, but up to this point in this 22 class, you could really argue that Michigan only has maybe 
one defensive tackle, and that would be in-state three-star Devontae Miles, but he very well could end up being an end in Michigan's defensive scheme by the time it's all said and done. So this position is going to be one of the big remaining needs uh, down the stretch here in this class. And they've recently expanded their board a little bit as they wait for the likes of Walter Nolan, five-star number one overall player uh, at his position to make his decision. And that decision probably will not come for uh, a long while. And they still are waiting on Dion Walker as well, who is a three-star in-state defensive tackle could be an offensive tackle as well. Um, So, As I said, they've expanded their board and let's do a little deep dive into some of these guys. Let's start with uh, a couple guys who are confirmed to be visiting Michigan in the very near future. One of which is three-star defensive tackle, Isaiah Hastings. He's locked in an unofficial visit to Michigan for the barbecue at the big house, which has taken place on Saturday, July 31st. So just in a couple weeks here, uh, he's listed at 6'4", 290. He is from Canada, but is going to be playing his senior year in the state of Florida. So he has yet to take a snap of high school football in the United States, but the staff and several other schools have taken a chance on him after seeing him on the camp circuit this summer. Um, Another player that they have recently offered in a camp setting uh, is Robbie Harrison. He is 6'3", 285 from the state of South Carolina, and he has already locked in an official visit to Michigan for a game this September, uh, the one specifically against Northern Illinois. Up to this point, it's the only visit he has set up so far, but he does plan on taking other official visits. He told me this past weekend, and uh, he's got some other pretty good offers. He's got one from Georgia. He's got Indiana, another Big Ten school there, Minnesota, Arizona State, a few other good ones there. So I'd imagine that uh, some of those schools will be up for consideration to get a visit. And uh, the final player that we'll talk about in this first little segment here is Kenneth Grant. We've talked about him quite often. Um, Big boy along the interior D line. Uh, He's six, four, three thirty five from the state of Indiana recently put Michigan in his top three along with Ohio state and Wisconsin. So battling some uh, big 10 blue bloods there. And uh, he will also be visiting for the barbecue at the big house later this month. So John, that's a mouthful. I'm out of breath. Um, <laughs> this position, as I said, it's been an interesting one so far in this class, but Michigan's really going to have a shot with each of these three guys. If they really want them, getting them all on campus is a very important step in each of these recruitments. So I'll let you, uh, I'll, I'll pass the torch to you and you can talk about uh, whichever one of these guys or all three, if you really want to, the floor is yours, John Simmons. Well, I would say I think the, the one that's the one guy who's most likely to commit, and I think the guy that I like the most is Kenneth Grant from Indiana. Um, you know, he's been shooting up the rankings this offseason. He's still unranked on the composite somehow. I don't know how the other sites are missing him, but 24 7 has him as an 88 now, which used to be, I think, like an 84 or an 86 that they bumped up after Ohio State, Michigan, Wisconsin have all shown a lot of interest. And I think. Um, simply Ohio state's probably just going to run out of room there. They're in a, on a lot of, you know, top hundred type defensive line prospects as they always will be with Larry Johnson there. So, you know, unless they just want to, you know, stick it to Michigan and take this guy, which is entirely possible um, for them to do, I think uh, Michigan would be able to, to beat out Wisconsin for this. I think they're in on him earlier. 
Um, you know, Wisconsin only offered in early June and Michigan's been on them for uh, a while. March 9th is when they gave out the offer. So I think um, if it's just down to those two, I think Michigan wins out. So um, I think eventually Grant has a good chance to, to join the class and at 335 pounds, 6'4", I think he'd be a really good fit for the nose tackle spot in a 3-4 defense. Yeah, when you read 6'4", 335, you're kind of like, oh, man, that guy, he's he's huge. He needs to lose some weight. But honestly, he for the, the film that I've seen, he's got some pep in his step. I mean, he can really move, get after it. He's not just a gap plugger. I mean, he is he, he's an all he's a well-rounded defensive tackle. And that unranked designation that he has on the composite will not last for much longer. Um, if it were up to me, at least, I think he's definitely due for a bump. He'll get a composite score at some point. I think it probably will be in the three-star range to start off. Could he move up potentially for sure? Um, it, the top three of Wisconsin, Ohio state and Michigan to me, I mean, that those are three schools that have had big success along the defensive line over the last, at the very least half decade, uh, definitely more for Ohio state and uh, Wisconsin has really been uh, chugging along uh, along the defensive line as well. So um, really good player there and uh, interested to see where he ends up on the composite when it's all said and done. So Steven, I'll turn it over to you. Um, which of these three guys are you most intrigued in? Because for me, I mean, obviously I th I'm with John. I think Grant is probably the best of the three here. Uh, but the guy that I'm really interested in seeing more out of is uh, personally is uh, Robbie Harrison uh, at 6'3", 285. Uh, he's from South Carolina. Is getting camp offers. Michigan and Georgia are the two significant ones there. And uh, these are two schools that obviously have a good tradition of uh, churning out defensive linemen into the NFL and having good players at the college level. And uh, with these two schools, seeing him in a camp setting really makes me believe that he could be a good player too. Yeah, they all have extremely different. The three names he threw out, uh, Grant, Harrison, and uh, Hastings, they all have very different profiles when you're looking at just like a strict interior defensive lineman. Um, real quick on, uh, on Grant, if you have like 36 seconds to watch, go to his – his uh, recruiting page on or his huddle film and his first three uh, highlights in his film. The first one is a screen pass that he correctly sniffs out, redirects and runs like 10 yards to, to catch the running back from behind, which is insane. Second one is he chases a guy down the line of scrimmage to the sideline and takes him out. And then the third is him recovering a fumble and then stiff arming the quarterback into the ground and route to like a 50 yard touchdown. So that at a nose tackle position at 335 pounds, it's one of those like just terrifying films to watch. So um, it's the most fun uh, of the three guys to watch, I think, just because it, I mean, if I were ranking him, I don't rank, you know, I, I'm not one to attribute a rank to a guy, but in terms of a guy with his athleticism, his size, I always have like the, and I'm doing air quotes, like you don't find guys like this often. <laughs> so sure. He may not be a first round NFL pick, but a guy who moves like that at a, at that size and that height, it just doesn't happen. So he's the most fun. Um, and, and it's looking like Michigan's in a good spot. Um, crazy as John said, he doesn't have a profile. Harrison is, is kind of like the steady pick of the three where, um, you know, he's ranked as the 165th defensive lineman, which is way down in three-star land. I think he has an offer list. Uh, you mentioned it since the Indiana, Minnesota to be more in the like middle 
of the pack three star, like 600 or so overall, I would say. Um, but I like his game a lot. He, he showed more on game film than I saw from Hastings. He does look a little stiff in pursuit. A guy I definitely would want on the interior. I think three, four defensive end works well for him much more than a four, three defensive end would. Um, so I'd like to have him as that initially like a strong side defensive end that can slide down into a, five tech or four tech at times. Um, so he's, he's like an interior focus three, four DN, but he has good power uses his, his leverage really well in bull rushes. Um, something that you see almost exclusively in his film, but he does that really well. So he has really good power, good bend in the hips. He generates a lot of power from that. So that's something you don't usually see uh, for high school defensive linemen, but he has that uh, skill set that'll translate really well. Um, so I could talk about Hastings. I talked too long. I can, I can give my kind of thoughts on Hastings if you, if you guys are curious about that. Yeah, no, go for it. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. So at six four two ninety, um, really good frame. That's what pops out the most on his huddle film. It said he has like a seven foot wingspan, which is just really, really crazy for That's a guy. Absurd. Yeah. Um, but uh, his game film, just, I didn't see it. So I watched game film and I was like, man, I don't really see what I see from this guy. Like I, I wasn't that impressed. It was a sophomore film. And then you watch his camp film and it looks like a different person completely. So I don't know if he's been doing a lot of work in the, in the weight room or, or you know, through COVID he, he put it in a lot of work, but he looks way more athletic uh, from this summer's camp film than he did from his sophomore year film. So uh, he's a guy who's definitely going to ascend in the ranks based off of that. And I don't know if there's been a, a prospect I want to see, more game film than him because he looks closer to like a really high four star from his camp film. Um, but his game film, it's like, man, yeah, I, I don't see um, like he seemed appropriately ranked outside the top 100 defensive lineman based off of that. So he's a really interesting, like maybe consistency is the issue, but uh really, really great frame to work with and, and way more athletic this summer than I've seen in his other film uh, from a sophomore year. Yeah, I'll be interested to see how he finishes out uh, his senior season as well. He's certainly a prospect. I mean, honestly, I'll be looking at all these guys, but Harrison and Hastings uh, in particular, I'll, I'll definitely be keeping an eye on. I, I've already seen <laughs> enough from from Grant to, to warrant uh, my, my liking for him. Um, John, I'll give you the last word on these three guys, and then we'll move on. Uh, yeah, I think it just kind of speaks to where Michigan's at with their board. I think, you know, it was revealed that Jordan Phillips was a silent commit. Then he ends up at uh, Tennessee. So I think they thought they had, um, you know, one more guy than they did. So they kind of have to export, ex, uh, expand the board a little bit. So you're going to see them sniffing around uh, a few different guys here. And I think that's, you know, where guys like Hastings and uh, Harrison show up from. Well, let's talk about a few more of those uh, defensive tackles that I, I imagine that you're alluding to that it, it seems like Michigan has strong interest in. And and we'll roll through these guys pretty quickly. And these are all guys who Michigan has interest in, at least according to uh, the Michigan Insider and, and Sam Webb and those guys over there. And uh, obviously the biggest name of the bunch being four-star D-tackle Derek Shepard. And he's currently committed to Cincinnati and has been for a while now. He, he – uh, has been committed there uh, for, for quite a bit, but at the very least, it seems like he's 
been receptive to what Michigan has been pitching to him as of late. And he's listed at 6'3", 295. He's from Dayton, Ohio. And Michigan offered him uh, back in April of 2020. So he's been on the Wolverines radar for a little while. And uh, he committed to Cincy in December, but uh, his main recruiter, from Cincinnati, Marcus Freeman obviously left and is now with Notre Dame. So there could be a chance to turn this thing around for Michigan. Uh, Another player that Michigan has uh, some interest in is three-star D tackle Sean Washington. And he's 6'3", 297, and is from New Orleans, was committed to LSU, but then decommitted back in January. Michigan offered him last month. And he was supposed to visit in June, but had to cancel that visit and has not rescheduled that yet. So we'll see what happens there. And then the final player who Michigan has made contact with recently is three-star D tackle Cedric Roberts. Listed at 6'3", 275 from Texas and allegedly is making a college decision on July 31st. So we will see if uh, Michigan pulls the trigger with an offer before then and uh, ramps up that recruitment there. So, Uh, John, I'll throw it back over to you. Uh, Which of these three guys are you most intrigued by? Because uh, Shepard's obviously the one at the top as far as ranking goes. Uh, Sean Washington at 6'3", 297 is is very interesting. Uh, Obviously was a take for LSU and still is a take for LSU, but reopened things. And Roberts, I think uh, I I don't really see much developing there within the uh, couple weeks that uh, he has until he commits, but you, you never know with recruiting, <laughs> things can always get wacky. So I'll pass it over to you with uh, these three guys in mind. Yeah. Like you said, I think um, Michigan just got in a little bit too late on Roberts. If he's really deciding on July 31st, I just don't think it's enough time. You know, he hasn't been on campus or anything. So I'm going to say Shepard is the most interesting one to me. Um, you know, I think uh, Michigan probably should have been on him earlier like as soon as uh marcus freeman left for notre dame i think they should have circled back even then because like you said they had offered a long time ago so clearly there's some interest um but i think he would be a good fit at you know six three just under 300 pounds i think he could play um you know more of the defensive end and maybe move down to nose if he bulks up some more um but i think he'd be a versatile player along the line and i think he definitely seems open to michigan so far you know he's not turning it down and saying i'm you know totally solid to cincinnati he's uh reciprocating that interest in receiving their pitch as well so i think there's definitely a chance uh, michigan just has to get him up on campus and then i think all bets are off Yeah, I think so, too. I I do think I agree with you that Michigan should have been on him a lot sooner. I mean, they offered him all the way back in April of 2020, and I can understand why they stopped recruiting him back in December when he committed to Cincinnati. But obviously, with Freeman leaving not long after that to go to Notre Dame, they should have turned up the heat right there. And then I, I think it's too little too late. I think they put uh, too many of their eggs into some of these other baskets for these other D tackles that they just honestly just swung and missed on with Phillips, obviously being the one that, that you talked about, but uh, Lucas, Anthony Lucas being another one, four-star guy that they were in on for a while. And then he kind of just uh, turned his head to the Wolverines and went a different direction. So yeah, I agree. I think they kind of whiffed on that one. I, I think they can get back into the game for Shepard, obviously, but it, it'll be uh, 
just a matter of getting him on campus and seeing if they can even do that to begin with. Um, Steven, I'll turn it over to you. Uh, the floor is yours for these three guys, but I wanted to ask you specifically just about this position in general. And, and John kind of uh, talked about it uh, for a split second earlier is that it's very clear that Michigan is working to get more defensive tackles in this class with just the amount of guys that we've talked about in this segment alone um, as they should, because they are in need of defensive tackles, but are you concerned with the lengths that they are going to go or that they're at least trying to go to get more in this class. I really feel like they're really extending uh, the board um, in this class. And they've, like I said, they've, they've kind of swung and missed on a few of their top targets in the early goings, but are really trying to ramp it up with some of these guys later in this cycle. Want to get your thoughts on those three guys and just that thought that I just threw out at you. Yeah. I think to address your thought there, I think it's a little concerning that Michigan wasn't involved on kind of the established names. You know, you guys mentioned thinking you're going to have a commit from a player and then he uh, kind of backs off or goes elsewhere um, like we saw. Uh, So it's, it's a case where that happens all the time in recruiting and it does seem Michigan's scrambling a bit here to recover that. So I think over the years, defensive line recruiting, you can point at as one of the um, low points in recruiting for uh, the program overall. Um, so I think that it's, it's been an ongoing concern. Uh, I think the positive that I see is it seems to be a deep class in terms of uh, the overall talent within the class of 2022 for defensive linemen. Um, and, and partially, partially that's because of COVID and not being able to appropriately rank these guys. It, it could also just be a fact that there's just, you know, a higher number of defensive linemen in this class. So uh, when I watch the film of these guys, like I still see it. So even though uh, I think the staff could have done a better job of building that board earlier, establishing those relationships, the guys I'm seeing that Michigan has a realistic shot at don't worry me. You know, I could see them in the maze and blue and, and be like, okay, yeah, I, I could see what the staff saw in this guy. And it, it doesn't seem like they're, even though their rankings aren't super high, um, the skill set I see uh, still warrants a scholarship uh, to Michigan. So um, guy that uh, popped out to me on film was Sean Washington. Cause you mentioned he was an LSU commit. Um, I mean, he had LSU, Georgia, Ole Miss, Bama offer. Um, and that's as the number 67 defensive lineman in the class, right? So that's high four-star, you know, even five-star level offer list um, for a guy ranked outside the top 50 defensive lineman. So uh, at 6'3", 300 pounds, um, he's another guy where I, it might ju- this might just be a thing, Vaughn and John, where I'm just like, I just love nose tackles. I don't know what it is, <laughs> but, uh, but man, he, he's got stack and shed ability. I like his feet. He keeps them moving. He's definitely like a nimble nose um, where he fires off extremely quickly. Uh, and, and that's the thing that, I mean, he has nine minutes of film on huddle from uh, his junior season and every single one of these clips he's firing off extremely quickly and, and very low and light on his feet. So when you have that level of consi- consistency, excuse me, at that size, um, that's something that, that really pops off the film. So um, he's the guy, you know, you mentioned the decommitment from LSU. Um, if, if you can get him from sec territory, uh, that'd be my choice of these three guys. But um but it's always tough. It's always tough for these guys out of 
you know, out of Louisiana, what's the odds of those guys going to the Midwest to play football? It just doesn't seem to happen often, but again, Michigan needs nose tackles and uh, he's, he's up there with, uh, with some of the best up there with Kenneth Grant, in my opinion. Wow. Um, but, but we'll see, we'll see. I do like Derek Shepard, everything John said about him, um, solid hands get off and very violent player. So I really like his, his film as well, but, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. John, I wanted to get your thoughts and then we'll, we'll move on uh, just on, you know, the lengths that they're going with this defensive tackle board. They're really starting to expand things. And, you know, I, I think it's a little concerning too, that uh, obviously they did have the silent commit in Jordan Phillips and recruiting happens. And <laughs> then he ends up being a uh, Tennessee volunteer commit. So just want to get your thoughts on all of that as well. And we'll uh, move forward here. Yeah, I think uh, Michigan will definitely need to take, you know, two or three more guys on the line to feel comfortable to have that depth. Um, I think the end to the last season cycle really, you know, alleviates a lot of those concerns, but they still need to add a bunch of bodies every year. So, you know, Walker was a good piece. You know, he's shown he's working on his body and improving a lot during the off season, but they're definitely going to need, uh, you know, a bunch more uh, bodies in there to, to feel good about the depth of the position. Yeah. I mean, it, that's, that, that's a hundred percent true because defensive line, it's not like, uh, it's not like many players at that position are immediate impact guys, their freshman season. I mean, you look at even some of the best, a defensive lineman that Michigan has brought in over the last few years with Rashawn Gary being the number one overall recruit in his class. And he didn't really make a big impact until his sophomore season. So, um, but even more so at D tackle, cause it takes time for these guys to learn and get into the system and bulk up and get everything down. So yeah, you're right. It's uh, it's going to be a, a position of need moving forward for the next, uh, for this cycle, at least uh, I would, I would imagine that they would probably want to get as many, uh, as they possibly can high end guys in the next cycle too. So it'll be a position to watch, but all right, we will uh, move on here and uh, we will uh, kind of just reset the board here uh, in this 22 class uh, after the break. But first let's talk about our latest sponsor here on maze brew podcast. And that is home field apparel, which is a premium collegiate apparel brand based out of Indianapolis. And not only is their stuff comfy, but it's officially licensed gear. So they do not screw around when it comes to their designs the team over at home field they study every school's history traditions legacies and with all of that they create their thoughtful designs that tell the unique story of each university and they've got some amazing michigan original michigan designs that you will not find anywhere else t-shirts crewnecks whatever it is you want they've got it so if you're looking for some of that vintage apparel then go to homefieldapparel.com use that promo code mnb as in maize and brew at your checkout and you'll get 20 percent off your entire first order again homefieldapparel.com when you get to the checkout use promo code mnb doesn't matter how much stuff you get you could buy 60 items if you want you can still get 20 percent off that whole first order so go to homefieldapparel.com today this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in life, whether they be big, small, or anywhere in between. And when we keep those bottled up, it can start to affect us in a negative way. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, 
flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist, and if for some reason that therapist isn't working out for you, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Get life's challenges off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Block M to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Block M. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back, everybody. And we are about five months until the early signing period. Uh, so let's just do a quick reset of Michigan's 2022 class to wrap up today's podcast. So as of this recording, they are set at 16 commitments. They got one five-star in in-state cornerback Will Johnson. They've got a few four-stars in Mario Eugenio, defensive lineman, Tyler Morris, wide receiver, and Cody Jones, defensive back. And uh, the rest of the commits are in the three-star range. They did have a couple guys that were in four-star range drop two three-star uh, over the last week or so. And Tayshawn Trent was a four-star. He's a wide receiver. Uh, dropped off r- really tremendously in the rankings now in the uh, 400 range. And quarterback Jaden Denigal also recently had a fall on the composite score as well, going from a four-star. He's at number 444 overall now so the wolverines in total they got one quarterback one running back two receivers two tight ends two offensive linemen a couple defensive linemen a a few edge rushing linebackers and uh, one traditional linebacker uh, three cornerbacks and zero safeties so that is all ranked at the number 11 overall class and the number three class in the big 10 per 24 7 sports's composite so uh, John, I'll throw it to you. I'd say as of right now, this is a pretty solid class, a good building block for what could be uh, to come for the rest of this class. But at this point, where do you think Michigan positionally wise, you know, whether it's running back or receiver, whatever, where do you think they've done a really good job recruiting in this 22 cycle, whether they've got a lot of commitments or not, where do you think they've done a really good job at? I think they're doing really well at the edge position so far. Um, You know, switching up this defense can be hard, you know, to sell recruits on their new vision without having anything on paper, but, or anything on the field, only recruiting it on paper. But I think they've done a good job locking in uh, guys that were at the top of their board. You know, Kevante Henry isn't very highly ranked, but it was reported, you know, Steve Lorenzo, the Michigan insider was saying that he was one of their top two guys that they they really wanted uh you know Eugenio one of the few four stars in the class so far um is also you know a really good addition that they made um earlier this month and then uh they also have uh I'm blanking on his name right now like oh Micah Pollard who you know is listed as a linebacker but he um will probably play the edge for Michigan uh you know I think it speaks a lot to Ryan Osborne, who's an analyst, but coaches the 
the edges for Michigan. He's put in a lot of work, and I, I just think uh, that position's off to a really good start with a lot of upside. Agreed. I think that's off to a good start as well, and it looks like they're looking to maybe get one more guy on board in this class to round out uh, the edge rushing prospects. But, yeah, good job so far uh, on that uh, position. Steven, I'll just ask you the same question. Where do you think they've done the best at? I think it's between either cornerback or wide receiver for me. Um, obviously, Will Johnson, a guy you couldn't miss on in Michigan, uh, luckily did not. Um, I'm high on Miles Pollard, uh, even though he's just within the top 500 um, at 6'2", 185, uh, some really good hips. Um, I think he's going to be a pretty early contributor uh, for the Wolverines. And, and this was a position that Michigan couldn't miss on. You, the depth chart, I uh, just released a video today um, covering some of the more concerning position groups heading into this season. Cornerback Corner is on that list. So uh, this was a class where you needed to address that. And I think they did. And that's uh, even with Cody Jones, a guy who could uh, potentially be a defensive back as well. So I think they really address cornerback need extremely well. I think they're adding to a, a an already solid wide receiver uh, depth chart with Tyler Morris. Uh, you got Tayshawn Trent. I like both of their skill sets. Um, and, and I think those two positions overall are pretty good. If I had to throw a third position, I really like Marlon Klein and, and uh, Colston Loveland at tight end. So yeah. I think the offensive side, especially skill positions, um, are, are looking really solid for the future. Yeah, I, th- I think my three would be a combination of, of your and John's answer. I think edge rusher uh, would be up there. Tight end, I, I was thinking as well, but cornerback is probably my number one for sure. I, the way that they've recruited that position, they've been very aggressive and uh, they got things going pretty well with Mo Linguist when he was here and he passed the torch to Clink and Clink has done a really nice job uh, cleaning up the mess that uh, Zordich kind of left behind. And obviously Linguist put Michigan in a tough spot when he left. So I think cornerback is in a really good position moving forward and they're still in on a few guys. So they're, they're not going to, uh, Uh, go down without a fight with some of these remaining targets that they've got at the cornerback position. Um, So we'll, we'll see how that all goes, but uh, John, I'll throw it back to you. Where do you think Michigan needs to do better at? I I think there are a few positions here where uh, for me, at least I'm kind of just scratching my head and I'll, I'll let you guys answer first before I give mine, but where where do you think as of right now, they need to uh, improve at before the time this class is all said and done, John. Uh, The first one that jumps out to me is offensive line. Um, they've got two guys committed so far, Connor Jones and Alessandro Lorenzetti. And I think both of them are pretty raw prospects right now. You know, Jones is uh, pretty low rank. He has, I think he has a lot of work to do in his technique. Um, you know, you see him put him in the work a lot in the weight room during the off season, but uh, I th- still think he has a ways to go to fill out that six, seven frame. And then Lauren Zetti, you know, coming from Canada and not playing any American football yet still has, uh, I think, a good ways to go to reach, to unlock his potential. Um, so I think Michigan would do well to add a few more guys that can help them, uh, you know, more immediately than, you know, having to stash them away and unwrapping them when they're juniors or seniors. Uh, so I think Michigan has to do better in that front, but there's really not as many targets that they're in on, you know, they're shooting their shot with five-star Josh Connerly, but you know, it's not always going to be a little unlikely with a, a five-star from the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Um, 
So there's just not a ton of, you know, likely options right now to add to the class, which is a little worrying. Steven, I'll throw it over to you. Do you agree with John with O-line kind of being uh, one of those top spots? What, what do you think? Yeah, it's tough for me because I really like where the depth chart is uh, for that position for Michigan. They did take four last year with Raheem Anderson, uh, Greg Crippen on the interior, and then you brought in um, Tristan Bounds, and you had one one more uh, outside guy, I think, right? Uh, let me check. I'm checking the list right now. Tristan Bounds El-Hadi. and Giovanni El Hadi. Yeah. So, um, so I think that was a good haul last year. Um, I would like to see them add, uh, one interior guy. I'm a little bit bummed. We don't have like a, you know, all-star guard, uh, committed at this point. So I, I would say like, that's not necessarily worrying, but I would have liked to see at least one high flying, uh, offensive lineman there, because mm-hmm. as John was saying, we do have two uh, kind of projects. Um, and, and you want a good mixture there having no kind of known co- uh, commodities uh, for a position group in a class is a little bit worrying. So um, beyond that, I think safety, uh, a big one, obviously Keon Sab five-star committed to Clemson. Um, so I, I was hoping that we would have the ends on a guy in the mold of Dax Hill, right? Dax Hill will be in the NFL next year. So um, depth at safety position is looking a little scary. As of last year, we only had Rod Moore come in um, and, and we don't have any, I guess you could, possibly say, I, I honestly don't know where Cody Jones is going to end up. Um, he could potentially be one of those guys, but uh, yeah, I, I think safety's very concerning because they're a position that, that um, doesn't have a, a whole lot of promise that I see in the future on the depth chart at this point. Um, and then I know linebacker, we have uh, Aaron Alexander and a couple guys like Kevante Henry, um, Micah Pollard. Those guys are likely going to be more edge focused guys. So it, I would like to see at least one more um, guy that's going to be a linebacker, not like a current linebacker that will probably be an edge. So those would be my position. Safety and linebacker, I think, are the main ones. Yeah, safety has been an odd one because – it seemed like Dylan Tatum was going to commit eons ago. And he's just been one of those guys that hasn't made his pledge. And obviously the final two being Michigan and Michigan state and his recruitment just keeps going on and on and on. And we'll, I don't know, wonder if it'll ever end at this point, but it seemed like Michigan was in really good shape. And then it seemed like Michigan state may have taken over his recruitment may lead even to this day but still hasn't made a pledge in that recruitment. So we'll see what happens there. Um, Obviously another guy, Jacoby Albert being another safety that they're going after. He visited last month, but nothing has really uh, come of that yet. It seems like it's like a Michigan Auburn recruiting battle there. We'll see how that one turns out, but it seems like I, I think Cody Jones could play safety if they really need it. But I think, with the way that things sounded, at least it sounded like they wanted him to be more as a cornerback, but yeah, safety has been an odd one. You got to get at least one guy, if not more. And uh, Keon Sab, obviously committing to Clemson over the weekend uh, was, was a, uh, was a bitter pill to swallow for Michigan. Cause it seemed like things were kind of getting turned around in that recruitment with him visiting uh, on an official level last month, which was kind of a shock to me because it seemed like at that point, Michigan, uh, the ship had kind of sailed, but uh, they got him on the official visit and then ended up uh, committing to Clemson on Saturday. So he's obviously out um, 
on the board at this point, but yeah, safety has been an odd one. And yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys offensive line. I, I would like, uh, at least one more guy in this class, if not two more. And uh, they're going to need um, uh, some luck if they want Josh Connerly to uh, uh, commit to Michigan. I think he's kind of bound to just stay over in Pac-12 territory, but we'll see what happens. Um, it, you know, recruiting, it's an odd thing that weird things can happen at any time. And uh, we'll certainly see what happens. But John, I'll, I'll throw it back to you for the final word here on uh, just this uh, class in general, how it's shaping up and, and just your thoughts on everything with this class up to this point. I would just say put the pitchforks away until the rankings are finalized at the end of the year. And maybe not even then with all the COVID stuff going on and not being able to evaluate players. I think there's still a lot of movement yeah. to go. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I agree. There are a lot of unranked guys Michigan's going after and a lot of unranked guys that Michigan is going after that a lot of other big time schools are going after. So I agree. Put the pitchforks and torches away. Let things kind of uh, play itself out. Let the high school senior season play itself out and we'll reevaluate things maybe in December or maybe even February. And uh, when it comes to rankings. So I'm with you there. Um, uh, boys, we are out of time. Appreciate everybody listening uh, to another edition here of Future Brew. You can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. John, where are you at, buddy? At Simmons underscore John. And Steven. At Steven Toski. And give Maze and Brew a like, follow on all our social media platforms. You know how to find us. Give Steven Ossentoski's YouTube channel. It's pretty much his at this point. Uh, Maze and Brew, type it in. He's got content left and right, always doing live streams, it seems like. So go check that out as well. And give all of our podcasts here five stars. Subscribe to all that good stuff. We'd really appreciate it. For John and Steven, I'm Vaughn. We'll be back next week. Go Blue.